Hi, this is the Brocker Recovery. This is Angie Meadows, and I'm Craig Whelan. Hi, and uh, he's my co-host today, and we're going to be talking to you about true and false recovery. So let's screen share here. If you're on YouTube, it's Angie G Meadows. Um, you can see it with the screen share, or you'll also get the PDF off my website, enablersjourney.com, and I have published the book, The Rock of Recovery, if you'd like to have the book. So would you like to read the introduction? Sure. Okay. Unless you can identify the difference between true and false repentance, it is impossible to know if we are beginning to recover. As we begin to understand the hard work of recovery, we can identify the lies we believe and confront them. We will most likely need to use all the strength we have to stop our denial and understand the battle we are fighting. Wow. So there's a battle. There's a battle going on. There's a battle that we're fighting. And a lot of times we don't understand. We're just kind of setting the fence. We don't understand how much fight it is to get your recovery from um, substance use. And so we want to go through these false recovery lists because we want you to see what the average person in recovery will do. And, and Craig, recovery is not just a bed and a job and a roof over your head. Recovery is real work. I mean, it's hard work. It's really, uh, like we said in the last lesson, it's, it's saying no to yourself. It's putting boundaries up with yourself. It's really doing the hard work. So let's go through some of these true and false recoveries. If you have your own um, um, pages there, go ahead and circle which ones that, that are your behaviors so you can see what you need to work on. Okay, so we're going to be right here. Sorry for consequences, not behavior. Yeah. Sorry for the consequences. So instead of going straight down the line, let's let's do this one next. Instead of just being sorry for the consequences, we're going to be brokenhearted and grieving over our losses. That's different, isn't it? Yeah. It's totally different. Yeah. Now let's look at the next one. Lots of emotions, crying, anger, and mood swings. So instead of, uh, sometimes people do emotions to get out of being in trouble. I used to have like a four-year-old, and if she knew I was coming, if she was in trouble, she'd just start crying. Well, she was crying to get out of trouble. <laughs> she wasn't crying because she was sorry. So a lot of times we just are crying because we're, we're in trouble. Instead, we need to start paying back anything we've stolen. We need to start making some restitution. Next one. Good behavior tempor temporarily or to make up for wrongs. Yeah, so instead we want to be setting boundaries to prevent themselves, to prevent ourselves from falling back into old habits. And so if I know that I'm always, when I'm always with this person, I'm going to, I'm going to make the wrong decisions and I just want to make sure that I'm not going to be with them. Okay, next one. Self-destructive thinking or behavior. So we want to set up accountability partners. We want to go to our accountability partner. We need, we need to say, hey, I'm already struggling with my thinking because the relapse starts here first. Don't you think? Yeah, and the hard part about that whole thing is you got to be uh, vulnerable enough to share that stuff. You, you do. Just, yeah. You don't pretend like it's not happening. You have to be vulnerable and talk to that accountability partner. Well, don't you think we also have to be aware that we're going through it? Sometimes we don't have enough self-awareness to know that we're, what we're going through. Yeah. Uh, my struggle is being vulnerable enough to share. It. Okay. <laughs> I, know I'm, I know I'm in the, in the <laughs> creek. I just, okay. I don't want to ask for help. Okay. So saying I'm sorry and no plan to change. What else should they do? Uh, be open and accountable in every area of life. 
everything. Just lay it wide open and say, now what do I do here and what do I do there? And a lot of times I'll go to my husband and I'll say, you know, I, I really need some help right here. And, and a lot of times he just makes excuses for me. And I'm like, okay, you're not a good accountability partner. <laughs> He's like, I would have said something major, much worse than that. And so I have to go to somebody else who, who's going to hold me accountable. Who's going to say, now you need to go back and, and tell them you're sorry. And, you need and to they're hard to find. They are they're hard, hard to, find. to find. They are hard to find. You want to go with the next one? Makes excuses, hiding full truth, blaming others. Oh. And we are good at that, aren't we? Yeah. When I hear myself blaming somebody else, uh, I know I'm in trouble. I know that I'm not taking full responsibility for where I need to be. So instead, I need to be confessing past wrongs with trusted person, and I need to be making a plan for restitution. Now, I don't want to just go and and repent to somebody for something that's going on in my life that's going to turn around and stab me with it. I, I don't want, I don't, you know, if I, that person's not trustworthy, if they haven't earned my trust, I want to go in slow and I want to give them just a little bite and see what they do with it. See if they turn that around and say, I said something I didn't say. Because if so, that's a lower level friend. That's, that's not one of your higher level trusted friends. And so we really, you know, and if you get wounded like that, it's, it's more likely that you are going to relapse because now you're not going to be right. affirmed. Right. Okay, so next one. Trying to weasel out of consequences. We're good at that one too, aren't we? <laughs> so instead, I want you to start seeking help. Whenever, whenever you're realizing that, oh, these consequences are coming, uh, I've, got, I've got warrants, uh, don't, don't try to avoid them. Just go and seek out the help, ask for counsel, say, hey, how do I, how do I work on these warrants so that they're not coming after me and I'm, I'm presenting to the judge and saying, here's my plan, here's what I want to do. I want to go to this recovery for so many months and then come back and report to you again and then get a job and start working on this. I was going to say one of the great stories I have is bringing a couple back from Philadelphia and they got on Suboxone and they got clean. And then he wanted to try and get a job. So I helped him try and get an ID. And in the process of doing that, I found out he had warrants. And, and I'm like, you know, you can either keep running or you can just go face it. He did two years in jail, but he stayed clean the whole time. Yeah. He's out. He's working. He's doing good. Uh, you know, he had to own up to the consequences of everything he had done. Yeah. But yeah. It, it sure helped him get clean. Well, not only that, it's hard to move forward when you got stuff hanging over your head. Yeah. Okay. So next one. Refusing to talk over issues. No one tells me what to do. Demands blind trust. Yeah. <laughs> tell them what you used to do for a living. Uh, correctional officer, uh, federal penitentiary. Okay. So how much have you seen this one? Yeah. Well, that's really common on both sides. So the guy's wearing the orange and the guy's wearing the blue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we both need correction. So instead we need to be sticking to a plan that's been developed by a counselor or authority. And if that plan's not working for you, then you go back to your counselor or your authority and you say, Hey, can we tweak this plan a little bit? Okay. Plan a good game while they are learning to become a functional alcoholic or addict. Hmm. And that was me for, my first 18 years sitting in church, playing a good game, looking functional, but really still having all and, the same crap happening underneath. And not doing the work. So instead, we want to walk daily in recovery. We want to walk in truth. We want to walk in joy and peace and love and patience and kindness and faithfulness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. Yeah. So let's read the next one. Justifying self and grandiose thinking, the only... They only do the chores or favors with a motive to manipulate or gain selfishly. 
So instead, we want to serve others without a desire for reward or a motive to manipulate. And I believe that that comes from a heart of love. Because yeah. if I'm going to go serve somebody, I'm going to do it out of love and not for gain. And so I have a friend that's a quadriplegic. And I often go get him and just take him to the zoo or take him to dinner. And he's never going to be able to pay me back. Mm -hmm. But he pays me back a hundred times with his, just his love and his affirmation and his, and his gratefulness that he's got a friend. And he's, a, he's an amazing example to me because he loves God and he thanks God for his wheelchair. Because he says now he knows the Lord. And yeah. he, he said, how would I have ever known God's grace and God's goodness without this wheelchair? So with your addiction, sometimes you just need to thank God for it. How would I have ever known? How would I have ever come to an end of myself and known that I was bankrupt and needed you? Sounds like an amazing piece of something to get for recovery. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So here we go. Avoids responsibility. So play, placing structure in our life. So we start with the small things. You know, he that is faithful in the least is faithful in the much. So we're just going to make our bed, get the trash out, fold the laundry, do the dishes. And we're going to do it without being asked. So if you're in a recovery house, if, if you're um, back home, whatever you're doing, just look around every day and just start doing things that need to be done. And then if you've got uh, a sponsor or uh, somebody that's over you, a lifeguard, whatever they're called in your house, just go to them and say, what else can I do? What else can I do? And I think that little bit of spending yourself for others is going to help you get out of that selfish mode. That goes back to that serving others. The last one we just talked about. It's, mm -hmm. it's all about putting other people first. That's what Jesus did. Yeah. Put people first. Yep. So let's go this one. Embezzles money and cons the elderly or weak for money, misuses money allotted. So instead, I want you to work for your money. He that steals should steal no more, but they should they should work. Reminds me of a proverb: Give me just enough that I can buy my bread, that I don't have to steal, so I don't dishonor you. Yeah, yeah, but not so much that I'm going right. to be turn my back and walk away. Yeah, right. that's right. So escalates emotion to cast confusion. Earn trust one day at a time. Yeah, and that's a hard thing too. That is hard. To not expect people to trust. You've been living this for eighteen years. I've been going to church saying I love Jesus, didn't live it took years for people to actually see the change right and so like one of those changes could be just like anger just going back and every time you're angry because sometimes it's just a habit you know these behaviors that we have they're just bad habits we just grew up with them so if you find that you have a problem with anger <laughs> uh, Craig, Craig's waving at you <laughs> if you find you have a problem with anger you just go back and you say I'm sorry I'm working on this I, I'm going I'm going to change and and here's what I'm going to do uh, you know, and set up some accountability for yourself. Okay. Uh, I was raising my hand on that one. That I know. was one of my big ones. Was anger. Oh yeah. That was I, my go-to. I, I think, uh, I think I'm good at hiding my anger and then I, it just comes out as bitterness. Well, mine, it would explode. I would vomit, <laughs> I would vomit all over you. <laughs> well, then you're not trustworthy. No. <laughs> so then people why, ran. That's why it took years for people to trust me. Again. That's right. That's right. Uh, creates a crisis and diversion, self-destructive behaviors, runs away, cuts self, threatens suicide. So when our emotions get overwhelming, then we're going we're gonna to self-destruct. It's like we hit that sabotage button and it's like, whoa. So instead, we want to look for a reason for past failures and start working through past wounds and finding healing. And sometimes you need a counselor. Sometimes you need a group. Sometimes you need a sponsor. Sometimes you need to set with something for a significant amount of time to just really lay it out before the Lord and say, how do I, how do I heal from this? And it'll come. You just have to keep working on it. Returns to dysfunctional friends. I told my kids uh, as I was raising them, I still got one at home. 
show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah. And, and, and fortunately they picked good friends and made it through okay unscathed for the most part, but friends are huge. They'll lead you in the right way or they'll lead you in the wrong way. So I want you to find healthy social settings and that that's going to look different depending on where you're at. And sometimes that means there are no healthy social set settings and you have to just sit alone for a while. But uh, that's where a lot of the prophets ended up. They yeah. ended up alone. And, and sometimes it's just you and the Lord. <laughs> and that's a really good place to be. That's too. a really good place to be because then you can just really pour out all that stuff and all that suffering and you can just unload. And, and you know, I think God's big enough to handle that. And, and he says, as David unloads in the Psalms, he says, David's a man after my own heart. Well, the David was the biggest whiner in the Bible. <laughs> And yet he's a man after God's own heart. So isn't that really cool? Because he did all his whining to God. He did all his whining to God. <laughs> yeah. So how cool is that? <laughs> uh, resent submitting to authority. That's a big one. And if you've had authority that you can't trust, that's a big one. And I have a lesson at the end of the book on leadership, on what good leadership looks like and what uh, dysfunctional leadership looks like. And I'm not sure what I called it, but I took it right out of Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel, the prophet Daniel, uh, you know, the behaviors that Nebuchadnezzar had and the behaviors that Daniel had and how righteous Daniel was. So we'll go over that someday. So you're not going to have authority that's perfect. They're not going to know how to be godly leaders like Daniel was. So you're going to submit to their authority, to their position of authority over you, not to the man himself. So if you have a boss that's rude and snippy and backstabs and uh, lies and cheats, well, you're still going to submit to their authority. You may not respect the man, but you're going to respect his position. It reminds me of uh, what Paul wrote in Corinthians about, you know, slaves obey your masters. That's and, right. And bring them to the Lord that way. Your good behavior will transform right. them too. So when you're with somebody who's, who should be your authority and instead they're ungodly, you can either soak that in and have that hit that sabotage self-destruct button and say, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put up with you. And there you go. And who does it hurt? It hurts you. Yeah. yeah. yeah it hurts you. So you want to be able to, to work towards developing boundaries to establish a safe environment. And so as you have worked there for a while and you get a good reference, now you can get on at another place or now they make you the boss. <laughs> if you've shown yourself faithful, it's very likely that you end up being the boss. Okay. Double talks. What is double talk? What do you mean? Well, by double talks? Uh, I will. Sure. I, I'll be there. Sure. I'll, I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do, I'll do the, the grass on Wednesday and then Wednesday rolls around Thursday rolls around. Well, now I didn't say I was going to do that. <laughs> it's raining today. I can't do, so you, you know, this excuse making or this, this you said, or he said, or they said it, it's kind of like turning somebody's words against them to manipulate them to get what you want. Okay. So we want to correct ourselves by confessing and asking for forgiveness often. So if you catch yourself double talking, it's, it kind of goes along with that. The next ones, the lying, the Lies, blaming, blames, yep. the selfishness, bullying, dominating, playing a victim, the, that's kind of all double talking. So instead we want to correct ourselves. We want to speak truth, even if there are consequences. I did that. I shouldn't have, you know, I took your credit card. I, I took, I took this, I took that. I stole that. I lied. Let me, let me pay it back. Let me work it off. Let me, you know, 
let me make some restitution here. You want to, so you want to accept responsibility for your actions. You want to provide for yourself and pay what you borrow. And, it, and when you get to a higher level of recovery, I think you're going to have a desire to take care of children and elderly, mm. to take care of the weak and the sick and, and those that are in your family. Can, can we roll back up there? Sure. Well, like um, when we're talking about um, accepting responsibility, I think one of the one of the biggest things the enemy uses to keep us stuck is that guilt that we didn't make right, what we did wrong. Oh, in some way, yeah. shape, or form. Like he yeah. just sits here and whispers in your ear, "You're never going to amount to nothing. You're never good enough. You did this. You did that. You did this. You did that." And when you yeah. confess it and try and make it right with whatever restitution or whatever, just the confession of it. It, it turns that around where the enemy, yep. it's no longer kept in secret, it's dealt with, I can move forward. So that's where Paul says we need a clear conscience, because if not, we're going to make things shipwrecked. Mm. So if there is something in your conscience, and I think that's what Craig's saying, if there's something in your conscience that's nagging you, we don't want to sear our conscience with the hot iron and just keep shoving it back, shoving it back. Instead, we want to bring it forth, and we're going to have 12 lessons on a conscience, on the immature, what an immature conscience looks like and a healthy conscience looks like in our next series, and that's going to be a nice, cool lesson for us to learn. All right, so what's the exercise here, Craig? Think of the last thing you said, I am sorry about, and ask yourself, I, have I made provision in my life for a change? Hmm. So yeah, if, I, if, I'm, um, if I'm being snippy with my husband and I'm short with him, what provisions have I made to go back and say I'm sorry and then start correcting myself, correcting my mouth, correcting my attitude, and then making sure that I'm safe for him to love me? Because if I'm snippy with him, he's going to start pushing back. He's a very gentle man. So he's going to start pushing back and kind of avoiding me. And instead, I need to go and I need to make my, make apologize. And, uh, and I need to not make excuses or blame anybody, but I need to accept that. And then I need to be quiet for a while and then come back in in an in a ability for him to learn to trust me so that I have good fellowship with him. So let's look that's, at the, That's hard work, though. It is hard work. Because we step on people's toes all the time. We say, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then to try and to consciously try and make that change so we don't do it the next time. Because I have all these like like little weaknesses. Like I'm terrible with the calendar. Like I'll double book. You know <laughs> what I mean? I don't have a social planner. You know, my wife and I divorced. She was my social planner. Um, so I don't have that a skill whatever it is that so, organization right and and i try but <laughs> i still end up oh yeah i'll help you and then i look at my calendar oh man i got that I, now i gotta tell somebody i uh, screwed up okay so maybe we should make you a calendar <laughs> <laughs> i got one on my phone and i use it but. you forget to look at it <laughs> <laughs> i do that and then i'm like oh no i was supposed to be somewhere so let's do the application here recovery without change is not recovery so true recovery is a turning away from destructive behaviors and then turning towards something valuable mm -hmm. remember love makes lasting change and selfish people follow the direction of pleasing only themselves yeah and that's um I, I think I said before we started this video, that was my first 18 years sitting in church. I didn't, I changed the way I looked, the way I sounded. I came to church regular. I, you know, I looked good on the outside, but in my heart, I was still very angry, still dealing with all the crap that I hadn't, hadn't taken responsibility for and, and changed. 
Yeah. So what you're talking about is a whole heart change. Yeah. Like a complete surrender. Right. Uh, I'm yours. <laughs> I'm <laughs> yep. done trying to do it myself. That, that surrender's hard. That's a hard place. So I feel like sometimes when I'm wrestling with something, um, what I have done is tied God's hands. And when I surrender it, I say, there it is, Lord, if you can do something with it, please do. Then it's almost like his hands are untied and now he moves. He either gives me the grace to to be able to handle it or he changes the whole entire circumstance but it's this surrendered heart that i think the lord's looking for yeah. and that's a struggle to, i mean because we we want to keep pleasing the flesh <laughs> we do don't we and it's so hard to just give that up and say god it's yours i'm done with it now so in conclusion some relationships are toxic and need strong distance and boundaries. And you'll know those toxic relationships because they hit your trigger button all the time. Sometimes we can't apologize. If I repent to a bully for upsetting them, I can expect them to test me again with another outrageous demand. It's just like um, King Nebuchadnezzar when he built that 90-foot statue mm -hmm. and he told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he told everybody they have to bow. And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't bow. And he says, Oh, well, thanks for coming to me and saying that, you know, we're sorry, we can't, we can't serve you. We're not going to bow Sounds to absurd, you. Yeah, it? but, you know, we're, we're not going to, because we're going to bow to our God. And he's, well, I'll just, get, I accept your apology, but I want to give you one more chance to bow. And then he, he, he plays the music again and they don't. So he heats it up seven times hotter and throws them in. So there are some people that you cannot apologize to. And if you do, you're going to get, you're going to get that smack. <laughs> so it's okay not to apologize to everybody. It's okay not to go back into the past and apologize to somebody that's really wounded you. Instead, I want you just to kind of uh, release that bitterness, start forgiving, and start working through that and moving past it. Does that make sense? Yep. Mm -hmm. So I must say no and set up boundaries. Otherwise, they will just heat it up and rage to prove that I am the unrepentant one. <laughs> and that's, and you, you probably, if you're stuck in substance use, you probably have about a half a dozen of these, of these uh, bullies, manipulative people who have dominated you mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And that's why you have pushed back and said, I'm going to do it my way. I, I brought that one guy I brought home from Philly, his mom was, I, I, I might've started using drugs when she started. I'm like, I couldn't, it's no wonder. All she did was like vitriol towards him. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, come on, he's trying to get clean. He's trying. He's just, trying. Just, if you got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing. But yeah. No matter how many times you said, I'm sorry and I'm trying, it yeah. would, she would just, yeah. oh, I and, felt so and, bad for him. And that's gonna, that's gonna set it up for another wound. Another wound. So, yeah, so, well, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> a couple years in prison, but he made it. Wow. Great choices. Yeah, yes. And stepping over those that are manipulative and dominant and a bully and a hypocrite, just step over them. You know, you slow down long enough to ask them if they want to come along. And if they don't, then you step over them and you say, well, this is, I'm, I'm moving on. You're either going to move with me or you're going to lay there and that's up to you, but I'm moving forward. And a lot of times that's all we can do. So truth is that repentance should never give someone the upper hand to manipulate you again. 
I don't got nothing to say. About it. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so let's let's say our scripture. The, the Lord, Lord is my rock and my fortress and my, my deliverer, my God, my strength, and whom I trust. Psalms 18:2. And let me pray over you. Oh God, we just love you, Lord. Keep our lamps burning, Lord. Keep our hearts on fire for you. Light us a path in that darkness, Lord. Let us crush the enemy's army and have the strength to scale a wall to escape. Let us walk blameless before you and keep ourselves from sin. And that's in Psalms 18, 23, 29, 28, and 29. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this is the Rocker Recovery. This is Angie Meadows and Craig Will. <laughs> and this was Lesson 10. If you're looking for the PDF, the PDFs can be found on enablersjourney.com. If you want the book, it's on amazonsbook.com and it's under Rocker Recovery. If you want the book for people who aren't, with, don't have substance use problems, but have emotional uh, immaturity, it's called Rule and Reign, Your Internal World. And you can start with 13-year-olds. I've change the language a bit, made it a little bit easier, and we can just start with our kids, and we can go all the way through. And I, I know 70, 80 years olds that don't have courage, that don't have strength, that are still having little meltdowns and still manipulating. So it doesn't matter what age you are, we need these developmental emotional maturity skills to go along with our uh, physical maturity, because if we don't develop emotionally, then we're gonna always be um, pushed around. Stuck. Stuck. Okay, so we'll see you later here. Let me stop sharing so good I can bye. make a, a proper goodbye. Let's do a proper goodbye. <laughs> goodbye God and God bless. Bye-bye. <laughs>